This episode of the Blackstick Global Podcast is sponsored by Blackstick Global Passport. Join aspiring Black expats, expats, and repats, where you can build community, get resources, and gain support along your journey abroad. You're invited to join Blackstick Global Passport. Inside Passport, you'll find exclusive workshops on everything from expat taxes, financial planning, insurance, job boards, accountability check-ins, and more more. You can even take Passport on the go with our app available for iOS and Android devices. Just click the link in the episode you're listening to or visit blacksitglobal.com and click on Passport. See you inside. I have a personal mantra. It's go where you grow and never stop exploring. Close your eyes and imagine living a life you love, unapologetic and unbothered, free from daily microaggressions from Karens and Kens, Free from the fear of police brutality and systemic racism. Wouldn't that feel amazing? Now open your eyes. What if I told you that it's possible? Hear inspiring stories and get the actual blueprints from brothers and sisters of the diaspora who are living out their wildest dreams abroad. You've heard the term, now be inspired by the movement. I'm Krishan Wright, and this is Blacksit Global. I am excited for yet another episode of the Blacksit Global Podcast. And in this episode, I get to have a conversation with none other than Shar Winter, the creator of Expat App and the host of Expat Chats. So I am so delighted to welcome her to the podcast. Welcome to Blacksit Global, Shar. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Krishan. I'm very excited to share some insights. Yay. I am so excited. So as I mentioned, and we'll get into like all the tech stuff because I <laughs> am a techie too, and we can nerd out on that for a while. But yes. I want to hear about your incredible story. You have okay. traveled to over 50 countries. Mm -hmm. You are originally from Michigan and now you are living in Portugal. So help me (laughs) with that jump. How did I get here? Yes. 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 So the the living abroad journey actually started pretty early for me. Um, My mom, my family's from Jamaica. My mother came over to the States when she was pregnant with me. So I was almost born in Jamaica, but I was born in the States um, in Michigan, grew up in Detroit. We later moved to the suburbs um, right before I started middle school. And at a young age, I just had this unyielding desire where I just really wanted to explore and see more. So um, my mother would take us on trips, you know, things like that, but nothing too extravagant. You know, trips back home to Jamaica and then maybe like Canada, but nothing really too like overseas or anything like that. When I started my job, that's when I finally had enough money to actually travel abroad. <laughs> And so travel was my segue into even thinking I could actually live abroad. And so I started traveling pretty extensively um, because I finally had some money (laughs) and I traveled for work as well. That's when I decided I wanted to move abroad and London became the first spot. So London was a very easy pick because I was working, doing consulting for financial services like banks and um, they spoke English. It was kind of like an easy, I would say, like segue into that expat world. Um, and when I started the expat journey, I didn't even know what an expat was. I never used the term, heard the term before. So um, one of the reasons why the app is called expat, kind of trying to get people comfortable with the, not with the, with the um, language as well. Um, and I stayed in London for two and a half years. I loved it. It was amazing. 
just socially. I felt so free over there. I was treated really well at work, far better than I was in the States. And dating was awesome. I mean, I just felt like it kind of had all the elements, but um, London's really expensive. <laughs> so came back to the States because um, I can make more in the States. And it was a temporary assignment anyway for only a, it was two years, but I extended for a couple of months. And when I came back, I just like, oh, this isn't it. Like, because after I had been exposed to this new world where my life was so much better, coming back, things that I hadn't normalized, I couldn't normalize it anymore. I'm like, no, I've seen what a good life is like. Not that it was horrible in the States, but it was, it was just really enriching and really fun and exciting abroad. So I kind of like mm, dibble dabble with the thought of moving back abroad, but nothing too serious. Took a sabbatical at work because I thought that was, you know, my problem. It wasn't. Um, that didn't change anything. I still wanted to go abroad. And then the following year in 2018, my dad passed. And, you know, my dad passing, that was a pivotal moment. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back abroad. Um, I'm going to, like, live my life more intentionally and purposeful. And I started saving really aggressively. I was already saving, but, like, I was, like, I had a real plan moved into a studio, sold my luck, well, not sold, but got a, instead of a luxury vehicle, got a used car, you know, like I kind of like did the most because I really wanted to go abroad. Again, um, I didn't know where. And then I planned like, you know, I'm gonna do a gap year. So I'm gonna quit my job, do a gap year. And during that gap year, I'm gonna find my new home. Um, so yeah, everything was going at plan, as planned, quit my job in the following year in 2019. 2020 came and then COVID hit <laughs> right in the middle of my gap year. Um, and at the time I was in London, I had been spent another six months there by then. Um, so a total of three years, like, you know, in London, something told me like, move your ticket. Cause I had a ticket to go to Lisbon later. That was my last stop on my gap year. Something told me to just move the flight up cause they were talking about closing the borders. And I'll save that story for another time. But the way that I got into Lisbon was by God's grace and no other, <laughs> none other. Um, but I got in, um, as a tourist for three, I was here for three months did not know you had to apply for residency through your home country, our country of residence. So I had to go back to the States after three months, spent four months home, and then finally got approved. My residency uh, came back in February of this year, 2021. So Portugal is home and I'm here legally. So it's all, it's all good. Um, just, you know, being able to, you know, how it came about. I had visited Lisbon before it really felt like home. So that's how my expat journey started and how I got to Lisbon. A really long-winded answer, but <laughs> I had to give all the deets. Yeah, it's a great answer, though, because yeah. it takes us through, like, all of the, or a lot of the steps. I just love how you have that intuition. We all have that internal GPS, mm -hmm. right? That tap on the shoulder that says, hey, move that ticket, Char. Yes. <laughs> and you were able to be in position. Mm -hmm. And then now you're you're back. You loved it so much. I would imagine mm -hmm. that you're back. Mm -hmm. So Lisbon, for those of you who don't know, is is the capital of Portugal. So paint a picture. Like, what is Lisbon mm -hmm. like? What's your day in the life? Oh man, so I love Lisbon. One of the best things to me uh, that sticks out, of course, it has great weather. Uh, I think some I read somewhere they get like three hundred sunny days out of 365 days a year, you know, so that that's a plus. Lisbon is to me is what I call a lighthearted modern city that has maintained its historic charm. And what I mean by that is you can go through the city and you can tell it's a very old city, but then you still have the modern conveniences like a, you know, good transport network, um, whether it's the Metro, they have uh, tram lines, 
They also have uh, like, you know, bigger trains, buses. I mean, it's a whole proper system. So I wanted a walkable city. It definitely ticks all the marks. Um, a lot of heels. So we're comfortable shoes here. Um, very. And because it's, you know, it's it's on the um, Atlantic, you know what I mean? So you, you get so much, so many nice views, beautiful shoreline, especially if you go to the Sark, to the Algarve, not the largest country like Portugal as a whole in Lisbon, you know, as well. But a, a decent amount of people, I think it's more um, diverse than people would anticipate because Portugal did colonize a lot of nations. And so you have all those influences here, whether it's um, Mozambique, Angola, um, of course, Brazil. I mean, there's so many different people. So I see a lot of black and brown people on the regular. Put it this way, people don't know that I'm not from here because of the fact that or when they see me, it's enough black people here that until I say something, they hear my accent, American accent, that they realize I'm not from here. Um, but to me, that's a bonus. Um, they do speak Portuguese, but enough people in Lisbon speak English. So although I have taken classes to try to learn the language, I still get by, um, set up my lease, set up my bank account, all that stuff, um, go grocery shopping. Um, you know, I've been able to get around on a regular basis pretty easily speaking English, um, which is a gift and a curse because I do want to learn the language. <laughs> but my typical day, um, it's actually pretty like right now because it's summertime and I'm taking a little bit easy. I'm a night owl, so I wake up pretty late because I, you know, I stay up very late. My family's on, I mean, uh, Eastern time. So I'm normally up pretty late. I may wake up at like maybe 10, 11, 12, sometimes one, just depends. But one of the things I love about um, Lisbon, which I mentioned earlier, is all so much natural light. So like from my bedroom, there's like a big door slash window and, you know, a little balcony. It's just really I can live really comfortably here for uh, much, much cheaper than what I was paying in London and also back in the States. So I like that. Um, a lot of access to fresh food and veggies. Uh, they have so many markets. So the funny thing that we always joke about here is that like your food goes bad like two seconds <laughs> because it's fresh. It's not a lot of pesticides. And so it's a joke like like you have 0.5 seconds to eat your salad, your lettuce, your strawberries, your cherries, because I guarantee you, you will get to the house and it's like, whoa, this whole fresh head of lettuce is spoiled. So yeah, the food does spoil quickly. I'm exaggerating, but pretty much I do spend a lot of time um, like cleaning my fresh fruit, fresh veggies. Um, I do eat out a lot, probably more than the average person here. But I also, you know, go to the market, get my fresh fruits and veggies. Um, I like the market produce better than the grocery store. And um, I meet up a lot with people. I do a lot of walking here because there's so like, you know, you don't need a car in Lisbon, in my opinion. Made a group of friends. We link up pretty often. It's a lot of creatives. So people have a more flexible flexible schedule. Um, I actually don't know many people here with this, like a proper, you got to go into office nine to five. So most of the people are creatives, have a flexible schedule. Um, we have like meetings and stuff sometimes, you know, just as creatives to get together and just have accountability. So it's, I sit in a lot of meetings sometimes, like when I'm, um, when it's not as nice out and I have more meetings and things like that going on for the app or for expat chats, things like that. I am in the house sometimes looking out the window, like, oh, I belong outside. <laughs> but I think the the key word about what my day is like is very flexible. Um, right now, because of the phase of life that I'm in, it's, it's pretty flexible more than probably what it will ever be at any other point in my life. I'm still trying to live out my gap year dreams that got interrupted by COVID. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been nice, more so in the summer. Um, and when the weather is kind of chilly, I, I don't. I'm not out as much. I'm normally more so in the house and working pretty hard at that time. So we'll be right back. Moving is right up there with death and divorce and the stress Olympics. 
But fear not. Turn that box of woes into a crate of woes with moving tips in the Life Beyond Boxes podcast with Premium Q Moving. Dive into the world of hassle-free moves, learn tips and tricks to save on cash and your sanity. Say goodbye to those moving meltdowns and hello to the smooth sailings. Or should we say smooth movings? Tune into Life Beyond Boxes with Premium Q Moving on lifebeyondboxes.com or find us on your favorite podcast platform. And with us, unpack the secrets to a stress-free move. Before mm-hmm. we go into the creative part, but with the weather, how cold does it get? I know you came from Michigan originally, mm-hmm. so does it get as cold as it gets in Michigan? <laughs> <So> <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> interesting because last summer, I mean, last winter was, and mind you, I left in, um, was it September? September. So I missed the, they said that was the coldest winter in a long time, abnormally cold. So um, not like here in Lisbon where you get snow that sticks or anything like that. Um, but it is chilly. I think it is colder here than people anticipate. So if someone's coming in like October and wants to go to the beach, I'm like, uh, I don't think it's that type of weather. Now, if you go to the Algarve, maybe. I'm not sure because I've never gone past um, August to the Algarve region, which is the south where all the beach, beautiful beaches are. Um, but there are some beaches nearby Lisbon as well that um, I, I can't imagine it would be appropriate to go in like a in October or anything like that. So it does get chilly here. Um, I would say you may not need like a winter coat, but I think you would need a fall coat in the fall and winter here. Coming from Michigan, maybe my, I'm not the best person to ask because we have those brutal, uh, you know, weather in the winter time, but I I can't see like snowing here. I think would be a crazy event. Like I'm not saying it never snows. I think if it does, it's, it's not in the ordinary for snow. That's good to know. I'm 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 thinking of booking a trip. Uh, yes, we'll yeah, talk more about that. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, especially summertime. I always tell people to definitely come in the summer. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a beach girl, so yeah. sign me up, sign <laughs> me up. When you were talking about your gap year, you know, and you uh-huh. were taking this time away from work, and then toward the end of your gap year, you ended up in Lisbon. Uh-huh. You know, the universe spoke to you, and you landed there. And then we all know what 2020 brought, <laughs> but it also brought for you as well as I this um, nudge, I would say, of creativity. You created two big things for the expat community. And so step me through that a little bit, because, again, you started off with this gap year and now Mm -hmm. you have like a full business. (laughs) And so, like, help me on that journey step where you went from gap year to, you know, utilizing, you know, your tech skills into Mm -hmm. creating, you know, various resources to support the community. Yeah. So when um, COVID hit, I was about six months into my gap year and I do not know how to be still. So with COVID, and mind you, I was in a little studio in London, like literally like a dorm room with a kitchen. And because my fear with the COVID thing, I wasn't going out as much, like maybe grocery and to do walking, but I wasn't interacting with anybody um, for from March until I would say June when I left. And, and prior to that, I had a very full social life, but you know, COVID just like, ah, like you literally put a stop to everything. So um, London wasn't fun anymore. I was like, oh, this is boring. I'm going to create a social element. And then I decided, do something with your time. Do not just sit here looking at America on fire, you know, because America was on fire last year. <laughs> like it was crazy, literally, actually. <laughs> so it was giving me a lot of anxiety. Um, and then, you know, everything that was happening with Black Lives Matter, you know, things getting more attention, not that these things were new. I'm like, let me invest in some classes, right? I just have to do something because I was going to go crazy. So I invested in a class called Blog Like a Boss. 
with Loatamo. It was phenomenal. Um, that class like transformed my mindset um, in regards to what I would say, like from a creativity, transparency, vulnerable, you know, all of that, right? Just taught me to get more comfortable with being vulnerable, with being transparent, with sharing my story. Like I waited until I traveled to 50 countries to start a travel blog. Like that's foolish um, because I just didn't think people would be interested or that I wasn't experienced enough. I don't know. It was so weird. So she taught me to kind of step out of that. But in the process of her class, one of the things that I learned was to be comfortable being in front of a camera, something that I was really, really, really against before. When I was looking for, cause like I said, part of my gap year was for me to try to find a new place to live. I was having a hard time finding insights from black expats. Like, I mean, all these expat communities, but as a black woman, like I need to understand, not just from a female perspective, what is it like in a certain space, but as a black woman, like, you know, that part of it, that black part is so important. I started looking on YouTube and all this other stuff and I really wasn't finding information that I wanted. And so I was just like, I'm just gonna start talking about black, you know, credulous. That's how expat chat started. You know, like, let me just start interviewing black expats, literally. And so that's how expat chat started in that little studio in London. Um, Like literally I could touch everything like from the table. Um, But anyway, I was, I think it was because it was a combination of things actually all aligned. And, you know, although COVID, you know, gave for some people was like a really horrible, 2020 was horrible. It was actually a really good year of growth and stillness for me because otherwise I would have been running around the globe, not, you know, being still with myself, my purpose and all that stuff that I was supposed to do during my gap year. So took the course that kind of helped opened me up, gave, got me comfortable being in front of the camera, expat chat started. And at the time I was trying to grow a travel blog. I got like six posts on that travel blog, okay? So I failed at that. But expat chat started to take off organically. And not that it was like growing by the thousands. It was just that the feedback I was getting, it was like I was being like validated. Like, yes, we need this platform. We need this platform. So then I'm like, okay, let me start having conversations. Keep having them. So I started doing them weekly. Come the end of like maybe, oh, I also signed up for a course to learn how to create an app. Um, And that again, because of COVID, I was bored. So I was like, let me do something with my time. And that course was really interesting because I realized that you don't have to start from scratch and like build your own, you know what I mean? You can use templates in third parties to get the vehicle moving, right? Um, it'll be your idea. You're going to paint the car the color you want. You're going to put in it what you want. But the actual vehicle, you don't need to build that yourself. Why would you do that? You can pay someone to do that. So the first app idea that I had that I tried to build, I was trying to do too much myself and that one failed. But then I still had this expat chats thing. And I was like, oh, we need a directory because you have groups like Black Sea Global. You have, you know, you have all these groups, um, Nomadness Travel Tribe, because I'm counting the travel tribes as well, but they're complementary to our, you know, uh, expat life. And people just need a directory. You know, they have Black, people of color in Portugal, you know, all these different groups. So I just wanted to create a directory so that people could literally just find each other. And also find these groups, find these podcasts. You know, like there's just so much richness in our community. All we needed was a tool to mobilize and get us all together. So the goal for the app was born out of a need that I personally had and also realizing like how powerful it's going to be to be able to finally understand the magnitude of our footprint, right? Where we are and how big we are in these various cities, being able to connect. Um, it just like the vision that I had just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so the app made so much sense. And like, I put my own money to develop the app. Like I made the app free. And the reason that the app is free is because in my mind, one of the biggest blockers for people to even 
think that it's feasible for them to move abroad is the financial piece. And I'm like, I didn't want the all this information, this great information and resources to stop someone because I'm trying to make $10 off of you. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. And so it was a big risk, of course, and it still is because it's my personal finances. It's self-funded. That's how much I believe in the app and what it can do and how it can grow over time. Um, because we, it is the first of its kind. Like we have black travel apps, we have groups, Facebook groups, we have um, YouTube channels, but we don't have an actual app. Um, and so many things happen for this to actually come to fruition. Um, and there's a lot of work, but um, I end up working with a development team in the UK and they have been really helpful getting the like it off the ground, giving me the vehicle that I need just because me trying to code myself was going to take 50 years. So yeah, it, it came out of a personal need and then it validated by just a response from people and me wanting us to have a directory. Cause I'm like, I'm not trying to replace Facebook groups, Instagram, anything. I actually want to work with them so we can have a central repository, our database where all these things are for someone who's new to the space or who even for expats and repats, like, you know, we need a community so we can connect and provide help and support. Cause it is a big decision, especially for those of us who, we don't even know where to start, right? How Absolutely. Much to start? Yeah. And that, and that's the other thing. It's like, it's the ability to understand the need, right? And mm-hmm. the best ideas come from you solving a problem that is something that you've encountered, right? Yeah. You mean, we, we can look at numerous examples, like even Spanx, right? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know what? That was like, <laughs> it wasn't build a better mousetrap. It was like, well, why hasn't somebody thought of this? I need this. Exactly. And so, and then also the the whole MVP, minimum viable product, right? You're like, hey, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like, you know, be agile, find the right partner, build it. Yeah, them build it, it right? Yes. <laughs> and customize it, yes. bring it to the community, get the feedback, improve and iterate as you go along. So yes. that's what I see. And, you know, as being a, a member of the app and just seeing the growth over this short amount of time, yeah. it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I am very thankful because I don't have a marketing background, budget or anything. And so that's an area where like, I don't know how to market this app. I don't know how to do sales and all these things. And so the app is growing organically. And I am just really thankful because if it was up to me to grow this app through marketing stuff and all funnels and all that stuff, it's not, that's not my forte. I know what my strengths are. So I, I'm very thankful because it could be so different. We're at about 1.5k actually we're over 1.5k members now and we represent over 110 countries and territories like based on home country and based on what people are abroad which to me is major like there i mean you get what i mean like for us to only have we're six months in we launched on new year's eve last year i just think that's really powerful and i cannot wait to look back years from now at you know like this is how it started you know yes Uh, yes that's the that's the beauty of it is to watch that evolution and growth not only just with you giving birth to this idea in this platform but just being able to see your own evolution as an entrepreneur you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you I were talking it. about that course and it was like, yes. you know, gave birth to that idea and then to look at where you are now and even look at what you've created and accomplished five years from now, you know, 10 years from now, you will be at a different stage yeah. in your journey. And it is, this is my first business. So I am learning, I'm drinking from the fire hose. It feels like every day. Um, <laughs> I laugh because I'm like, 
I wasn't raised by no weak people. I heard this one somebody say that and I love it. I was like, I was not raised by weak people. I know I can do this and I will figure it out. It may take me longer than what I have planned, but I'm going to figure this out. So it's been a very fun, interesting journey. Um, Shed a couple of tears, you know, just shed some tears last weekend. You know, things happen. But it's one of those things where it's like, I believe wholeheartedly so much in what this can be and how powerful it can be. And I just refuse to let that dream die. So I was like, whatever it takes, it'll get done. And it's also great, too, to talk about you know, the triumph, right? But then mm-hmm. there's also the challenges that we mm-hmm. face that as Black yes. creatives, right? Yes. Who, you know, you've created Expat Chap, Expat App, and I've created Blackset Global. And on a great day, right, mm-hmm. we're passionate, we're having yes. a podcast interview, we're doing the events, the lives and everything. And on a not so great day, it's the, oh my gosh, an unexpected bill comes in or oh, a nasty yes. gram or a whatever. Or trolls. Oh my gosh. Man, or the trolls, trolls yeah. The people calling me all types of racists because I built an app for Black people. It's so disheartening sometimes because I'm like, why is it? And these are coming from people who are in groups that are for all women, right? And I'm so shocked that you can understand the need for a group for all women. So a group you know, with specific needs based off gender but you don't, you're, you're so simple minded. You can't extend that to race. It's the same scenario, you know, just like how you travel as a woman and you're going to have unique needs and concerns as a woman. Me living abroad as a black person is totally different from someone who's white, Asian, you know, Latino It's so different. So when I get these messages from people who I'm in these women led groups with them, it's very disheartening and very frustrating because I feel like, what's the right word? It's like, I can't win, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, you know, and then people go and they may like leave a bad review or just, you know, do things to hurt your platform. And I don't think they realize just how damaging that is. Yeah. It's damaging from a reputational perspective, yeah. but more so I, I would say from just, you know, the spirit, because like you said, mm-hmm. the same here is like self-funded, right? You yes. give, not only so of your much. time and energy and your enthusiasm, but you're putting your own dollars on the line. Yes. And that's money that you could be, you know, <laughs> hanging out in the Algarve or for yes. me that could get and be, you know, funding my get out of America fund. Yes. But I'm like, hey, my people need this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and as part of that, we as the creator, right, we created things that filled the void because it was a void that we recognized in our own spaces and places. And to have, you know, anyone who tries to deter, detract from that or with anything that comes along with, I find with you put black in front of anything, it automatically has a level of controversy. I'm just like, what? Like I was born in this skin. Like how did me being born in this, in this body and in this skin be so wrought with controversy (laughs) is just beyond my level of comprehension. For that reason, that is why I will not stop. (laughs) Until I wanted a space where we were the default, where I didn't have to search. Like, for example, in Lisbon, I was like, cut off during the gap year, cut off all my hair, shaved my head bald, had no idea what my natural hair looked like, how to manage it. And I was in these expat groups trying to look for, for Lisbon, look for, uh, you know, barber that can do Afro hair. And I'm like, 4C Afro barber. I'm like, why am I doing this? I can just create. We are the default in the expat app, okay? 
You don't have to put 4C here. It's assumed, okay? So our blackness is the default. The skin you are born in is the default. There is no need to have to do the extra searches or anything like that. And I love that. And that's powerful. And when we, I think when more people realize just how powerful it is to have community and, you know, more people will take advantage of it, right? You know, instead of trying to do it alone. That's why the platform you built is so beautiful because it's not only giving people like, you know, exposure and access to people with a common shared interest, but you're sharing stories that are literally going to change lives. And I, so I really appreciate too, the space you built for us. <laughs> oh, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So like, mm-hmm. how can the community support you? Because mm-hmm. I want to use part of, you know, this platform is also bringing the stories, but uh, many of the people that I speak to either left corporate jobs or left a career Mm -hmm. and then made the jump abroad and became entrepreneurs. So you have a platform, a wonderful platform that has continues to grow. But again, like you said, it's self-funded. How can the community support your endeavors? I think the biggest thing for me is there's so much power in uh, the numbers. And so for me, I want to be able to like quantify where we're at and how big we are. So getting on the app and just literally simply filling out your profile (laughs) with your home country and your country where you've lived as an expat or where you currently live. And this includes like the app is unique in the sense that it's nationality agnostic, meaning It's not just for Black Americans. If you are anywhere from the African diaspora and you have moved abroad, you get what I mean? So whether you could be Black British, you could be from the Caribbean, you know, like all of that, that's not captured anywhere. Um, Repats, if you have moved abroad and come back home, this community is for you as well. If you're an aspiring expat, this community is for you as well. If you're a current expat, this community is for you as well. So I think the best thing is to, one, you know, just make sure, because we need the data to understand like where everyone is at. Um, engage, you know, in the post and other people's things, share information, um, use the search feature. You don't even use the search feature. Just type in the name of the country and people's profiles come up. Um, but if you don't have your profile filled out, people don't know where you're at. So, um, you know, I think that's the, the easiest thing. And then also share information because sometimes I'll put up a post, like let's say about, we did a, a while back when we first started a list of podcasts. Of course, you guys are on there. And, and I said, you know, if you guys know of any other podcasts, please add them to the list. And I found out about Flourishing the Foreign. Um, I found out about, um, it was two more that got added. But, you know, these were phenomenal podcasts that I, if someone hadn't added to it, it's, I don't want everything coming from me. You know, I'm a one-woman team right now, um, aside from the developers. So it's like, I would appreciate just contribute the knowledge that you have because it literally can be that one thing that changes someone's experience and convinces them to go abroad, convinces them to find community, helps them, you know, with some really useful information that they need to make their journey realistic. So I think just get on the app, engage and share it with the communities that you're in. That would be so helpful. Um, I'm working on the back end about how to monetize the app, but my real ask is just for people to out your profile. <laughs> you can contribute. Well, so, you've you heard it here yeah. from, from the creator herself <laughs> that, you know, I'll put all of the details to that in the show notes of this episode to make it super easy for people to get on, support yeah. you. 
um, help you you grow, help you build out the directory because again, it's a resource for us by us, right? Yes, and we need it. It's it's needed, and I and I welcome feedback. Um, and I welcome people engaging and posting. Someone said to me, um, she has a really great uh pod, um, not podcast, a uh, YouTube channel. She's like, oh, I didn't want to think I was self promoting. I'm like, no, this is for movie. She has a whole YouTube on living abroad. And it's she has really good content. I was like, uh, I welcome the content. Yeah, so bring know it. that it exists. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have ever um watched um Picky Girl Travels. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I love her platform. Um, and it, it's really a great platform and I love the information she shares. So if you're interested in Mexico, I'm like, I love that you share that in the Mexico group because it helps people um who are interested about, you know, looking for a house or top she even just recently did one about best places for black, I think it was black women abroad you know like this is really great juicy like you know like we need this type of stuff so it's not self-promotion if it's on the expat app and it's related to living abroad like that's the whole purpose of it so i encourage people to share absolutely and i feel that way in the group it's like it's always about there's a line between self-promotion right and Mm -hmm. adding value so if your if your content is just about getting the view and it's just you walking (laughs) through a neighborhood that doesn't add value that to me is the self-promotion it's the like i'm not gonna say anything i just you know i just drop a link and go right dine and dash but if you're creating something that's meaningful that's going to help someone else in their journey by all means i mean that helps each of us right it it gets uh, the growth out there it gets the representation out there it's a way to amplify our voices in a Mm -hmm. space where we are underrepresented from the search perspective Mm -hmm. but you know as black people we have traveled the world and so and I I say it time and time again in the group on the show is that our spores have been sprinkled all over this world there is no place that we can't or shouldn't inhabit so whether it's Portugal whether it's the continent of Africa whether it's Iceland whatever speaks to your soul and lights you up that's where you should be I have a personal mantra it's go where you grow and never stop exploring you decide, make this your own journey. Do not worry about other people's expectations for what your journey should look like because it's yours. It is truly yours. And you cannot look at people's perfectly curated IG feeds and let that be the standard for what your experience abroad should be like. Because if you look at my feed, what's how much expat stuff on there about, like, you know, expat chats, but the little pieces I show, those are the highlights of the beauty and the joy. I'm not posting on there about when I was crying two days ago. You get what I mean? Because of a failed something that happened behind the scenes. Like, I'm not showing me getting up at 7 a.m. to deal with trolls who are attacking the app. Like, I don't. So I guess my point is, like, you know, don't let that set a false expectation. And also don't allow the time that it takes to make you feel discouraged. My journey started for the second move abroad back in 2017, you know, and I didn't get officially approved to live here in Lisbon until in Portugal until 2020. So, you know, I say that because I think sometimes there's this, you know, this anxiety that we give people that, oh, you need to go today. It's like, it's a process. I encourage you to make sure you're financially stable in a, in a good position before you move abroad, because it's already uh, some difficulties, you know, because it's a transition. You're in a new space. You got to learn language sometimes. You know, it's just cultural norms. Even if you're somewhere that's English speaking, 
make sure you're financially stable so that you can make sound decisions <laughs> because you're not sitting here stressed about, you know, oh, where you're going to be like safety and all that stuff. Like, no, make sure you're financially stable so that you can pick a safe place to live so that you can eat proper food, you know, like things that will, you know, nourish your body and be in a mental space to grow and create or do your job. I mean, whatever it is that you're doing, there's so many things involved in this process. And I think the mental piece is important, but so is the financial. Amen to that, because it makes no sense. If you're struggling wherever you are, assuming it's the U.S., you don't need to ride the struggle bus wherever you go. No, (laughs) it's not necessary. And sometimes moving abroad will get you off the struggle bus sometimes. Like to give you an example, I would would not be able to be a creative in the U.S., okay? Health insurance alone. I have an underlying health thing that I deal with. And there's no way. I I mean, one ambulance ride would cost me thousands of dollars. You get what I mean. So for me, moving abroad to a country where I can purchase private, they have public health insurance, but I can also purchase private health insurance. That's really, really good. And that I can actually use overseas back in the U.S., which is foolish. But I only pay 70, the equivalent of $75 um, a month. But that has over like a million euro coverage, even in the U.S., which is so interesting because I have better coverage outside of the States than I have in the States. That's why I feel okay being on my own, being a creative. I would not feel that way in the States because my health insurance is tied to my job that I don't have in the States, right? So I think that's another thing to consider sometimes. Um, Yes, I saved up and had my money, but this, you know, let's say you want to switch careers. Sometimes moving abroad positions you, positions you or better positions you or equips you to do those things. You know, just give it a think, do your research, talk to people on the ground, people in that industry, in that field. Don't do it alone. I will tell Mm -hmm. everyone, don't do it alone. Absolutely. So, Shar, in in closing, what does the future have for you? Do you see yourself staying in Portugal? Is that going to become home base? And what's the next step in your entrepreneurial journey? I have to say Portugal is home for at least five years because that's when I'll be eligible for a permanent residency. Um, and I think at that time you can also do a language test and some other things to actually get citizenship. So um, yeah, I would love to have an EU passport because I think it'd be pretty, um, it's in my favor to have multiple passports just because you just never know what the future holds from the U.S.'s perspective. And to me, it's all about freedom of movement. Um, I live my life very freely Um, And even though I'm saying this tomorrow, if I got an amazing opportunity in Australia, then I'll be in Australia. Like I I'm very what the future holds. I don't put any limits on where I can be and what I can do. So for now, the plan is Portugal because I love it here. But that is not to say that if an amazing opportunity comes somewhere else, I will hop shit. (laughs) These expats ain't loyal. (laughs) You know, you know, you know. Oh my gosh. Well, Char, I could talk to you all day and I'm loving, I love this conversation and the vibe. Please, like anyone who's listening, please look up Char. I'll have everything in the show notes where you can link to her and and support her efforts and, you know, really take a lot of lessons here about listening to the universe, knowing when you need to take a break, take a pause, and we'll have some some information about that as well. And then please join <laughs> the expat yeah, chat. Yeah, on the app and yeah. share your insights. And Krishan, thank you. This is a beautiful platform. And like I said, it wasn't just a Facebook group. I love the fact that you do the podcast. 
so many people need to hear these stories and it's all about like thank you for amplifying our voices i really really appreciate it oh thank you it's my pleasure thank you for being a guest yes 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 anytime Thank you for listening to the Blacksit Global Podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to visit our website at blacksitglobal.com. It's not only possible to live out your dreams unbothered and in full color, it is your birthright. Are you trying to sort out health plans, banking, VPN, and other connectivity for your move abroad? Well, have no fear. We've got you with the Move Abroad Starter Kit. Get yours today at blacksitglobal.com resources. That's blacksitglobal.com resources.